0: at the Macarius Avenue. So, we've been talking about the newness of life, have we? Yes, and today we are talking about it on a different level on the closet life. How to have a closet life with God. Hallelujah. And getting away from all forms of hypocrisy. So, I'll start by Romans chapter 7. It's an expository teaching. So, you got to follow. Romans chapter 7, verse 5. Pray God to help me here. Romans 7, verse 5. He says, For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now, but now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, Wherein we were held that we should serve in newness of spirit, that not in the oldness of the letter. Glory to God. Go back to verse 5. He said, But now, verse 5, please. For when we were in the flesh, it means that there was a time that we were in the flesh and we allow the flesh to take a hold of our lives hallelujah this is not writing to unbelievers got to understand the context of the letter that paul is writing to the church is writing to the church that was in rome and he's saying that there was a time that we were in the flesh the motions of sins, which by the law did work into our members to bring forth the fruit unto death. It means that the guy was still born again, but there were some things in his flesh that was still pushing him because he was not living by the Spirit. He was still living under the law. Now you and I were not given the law. Hallelujah! But these people, because they were under the law, the Bible said the law has become our schoolmaster so the law was ruling over them and sometimes your flesh you can be born again and your flesh can let you do crazy stuff it does not mean that you are not a christian if not you go to the book of john and it tells you that if you sin then you are not a child of god he's putting it in contest because he said that the children of god sin not hallelujah but a child of god can sin he shouldn't but he can He's talking about the one that is a new creation. That has not allowed the flesh to take ascendancy. But the one that has allowed the spirit to take ascendancy will always have dominion over sin. But the one who allows the flesh, because he said we allow the flesh and the motions of sins. It means sins began to move in our members because we allowed it. So in the New Testament sin actually does not have dominion over us until we give it permission. So In the book of James, it says that sin is knocking at your door. When you open the door, sin will get in, then it will take hold of you. And when I talk about sin, many times when we talk about sin, all Christians think about is sexual sin. There are all kinds of sin. The first sin actually was a sin of disobedience. So all forms of disobedience is sin. Every form of disobedience. God spoke to you, wake up and pray. You didn't pray, you have sinned against God. And we treat those ones lightly. If you can treat those ones as seriously as the way we treat sexual sin, we'll be able to escape a lot of trouble. Clap your hands for God. (laughs) The motions of him which by the law did work in our members, work in our mortal bodies, envy, jealousy, bitterness, unforgiveness. These things were working. We we don't allow it. It worked. It it took a hold of us. Then verse 6. He said, but now, there is always but now. There is a time you allow the Spirit. He said, but now we are delivered from the law. Now, you and I, I said, didn't have the law, but you and I can create a law for ourselves. In Romans chapter 10, he talks about it. He said that they living the righteousness of God has gone to establish their own righteousness. And many Christians have established their own righteousness. Thinking that if I don't do this and I don't do this, then I'm okay with God. If I do this and I do this, then I'm okay with God. He said, no. Don't go about establishing your own righteousness. In the New Testament, it is not about do's and don'ts. We have come over do's and don'ts. We have crossed that level. God said, we shouldn't do this. God said, we shouldn't do this. It's good. But we have crossed over that. Why? We are led by the Spirit. So the Spirit restrains us. So, there are things that may not be spelt out in the Bible as sins, but they are. So, somebody say, It is in the Bible. What if it is not there? There are things that the spirit of God will even tell you that don't touch. He is telling you that if you do it, you have disobeyed. And that is sin unto God. So if you don't put the thing, so don't go about establishing your own law unto yourself. Allow the spirit. He said that now, we do not allow the law that. Being dead wherein we were held, we should serve in newness of spirit. We mean that now we are coming in a certain fervency of our human spirit to begin to serve God from within because our serving God starts from within and it affects the outside. It's not outside in, it's inside out. That is why the Bible says the Spirit worketh in us so that we can work it out. If you are looking for love, God will put the love inside so that you can work out the love. If you say, Father, I want to be patient, God will put the patient inside so that you can work out the patient. Can I get a very big amen? amen. So the fruit of the Spirit is in your spirit. And he said, "So that now we should not serve; we should serve in the newness of the spirit, and not in the oldness of the letter. The letter means against the law. So some people are still born again, and they think that they are obeying the Ten Commandments. Though the Ten Commandments has not been abolished, but we are above the Ten Commandments. What if the Ten Commandments didn't capture it? Does that mean that you are okay? Oh, talk to me. Hey." Are you here? Yes. What if the Ten Commandments didn't capture it? If the Ten Commandments didn't capture it, they think that God will specifically tell you, don't do? If you do them, you will sin against God. And he said that you can allow the Spirit, as we serve in the newness of the Spirit, with a renewed Spirit, hallelujah, we'll be able to walk in the Spirit and not allow the deeds of the flesh. Go to verse 6. Verse 7, please what shall we say then is the law sin he said the law itself is no sin don't don't do he say that one itself is no sin but God forbid nay I had not sinned but by the law for I had not known sin I have not known last except the Lord has said thou shalt not covet so before the law how did Abraham know how to become righteous because there was no thou shalt not murder but murder was still a sin but the law now came and revealed that murder is a sin. But then, before the law, how did they know that murder was still a sin? You are led by their conscience and by their spirit. So now you allow the newness of the spirit. Sin shall have no dominion over you. Can the amen be louder? Now let's go to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23 verse 24. Jesus gives us a remarkable expose. Which makes us to understand why we must work our Christian life from within. That's why I call it the closet life. Verse 25. Come to 25. Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. For ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter. But within they are full of extortion and excess give me another version he said they clean the outside only they are religiously correct and there are many christians like that they are religiously when we say we should pray now they can hold their head like the caca and we forget that this thing is an inside out when you don't clean the inside the outside can look clean but you are not clean. So he said that what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. Self-indulgence means that you do what you feel like doing. As long as it will be pleasurable to you, you are okay. He said that this is what they were doing, but their closet life is when now you and god only you go back to god you look at yourself say father there is something within me that i want to let out of my life can the amen be louder when we come to the word when we come to church the bible says we are washed by the water of the word and as a matter of fact that is how every morning devotion should be morning devotion is not the time to pray for miracles it is a time to be with god all by yourself i've always thought that if anybody is taking your morning devotion from you they are cheating you they are cheating they are robbing you of your real christian work with god because your morning devotion why morning because it is the first hours of the day and that is what you are giving to god as your token of love this is good teaching clap your hands Not all you will do is that you're joining people to pray, and all you're expecting is miracles, but you have no closet life. The closet life is you and Jesus. The Bible says we are learning from Jesus, Jesus, not our our altar and the finisher of our faith. So Jesus Himself, when he came, he made sure that he didn't hold too many money devotions. What Jesus, the Bible says, far before dawn, he would tell the disciples, Me, I'm going to pray. If you guys won't wake up to praise, up to you. Far before dawn, the Bible says Jesus will go and be in a solitary place. And he alone with God. And when they calculated that far before dawn to the time they will break, it's about four hours. So Jesus will be with God alone for four hours. Why? Our Christian life is so private that our privacy with God rubs something on us so that when we come out, people see our relationship with him that we have had privately, publicly. Clap your hands for God. Are you you sure you are there? So this is what happens. So many of us are looking and say, ah... Oh, we are not getting in into that devotion life. You want to get into it and do all you can. Say, I'll do all I can. All I can. Say it louder. Say it louder. Say it louder. Yeah. So Jesus talked to them self-endulgence. There is a greed in their spirit. Greed. They are not doing what they are supposed to do, and they are not allowing the Holy Spirit. So, one, your closest life is when you spend time alone with God. You and God only. You are with God all by yourself. <laughs> That's what we said. You are God all by yourself. Means you got to be with Him all by yourself. You, until you learn this, you will never have a victorious Christian walk. Until you learn this, you will walk like a beggar in the spirit. Until you learn this, you'll be a slave to the devil. Until you learn this, you will never win all by yourself. All you will do is that you are looking for a powerful man of God. Thank God for men of God. But we are the ones supposed to complement what God is doing with you privately. Clap your hands and shout glory to God. Hey, are you sure you are here? So I got to have a closet life. Say, I got to have a closet life. Say, well, look at me. Don't look at him. Say, I got to have a closet life. Yes, the closet life. I remember okay. when we were young, Alice was a very little girl by then. Okay. I've seen her grow. Yeah. She's still a little girl to me. Yeah. And my dad would come to the house. Okay. And we, everybody had their own room. So there were times that my dad would come for inspection. And he wouldn't tell you when. You'd just be there one Saturday early morning, my dad would wake up and say, It's inspection time. And the expression is, they are are starting from Danny's room. And my dad will come in and get into, straight and walk into the closet and open the closet. And begin to pull out. Are there some dirty clothes hidden in some corners? Then he'll bring everything out and pack them here. This one there, this one there, this one there. And he'll ask you, Danny, why? Why can't you keep it clean? And I said, but I didn't know that it was inspection time. Uh And it was like, no. With this, (laughs) you have to keep it clean for yourself. I'm doing the inspection just to help you to know that as a young boy, your boxer shorts must be clean. Everything else must be neat. Your socks must be clean. Don't wait till you go to school and your teacher whip you and say, look at your dirty socks. You have brought this grace to us. And many Christians are like that. Until you allow the Holy Ghost to get into your own closet. To begin to remove things from your closets And say, Father, I'm looking inside me. I'm opening my own closet. Anything that is not of you, I'm taking it out. Yes. If you don't take it out, one day that closet will be open. It will be open. It's just a matter of time. But when you take it out, if it is open, they wouldn't see anything. And if you have cleaned it already, believe me, it is clean. Oh, can the amen be louder? Somebody, you got to go back home and you are going to decide, I'm going to clean my closet. I couldn't hear you. Say it to yourself. Shout it louder. Say it, I'm cleaning, I'm cleaning, I'm cleaning, I'm cleaning. Say it again say it again i'm cleaning my closet so you look inside father what is of you that is not me if you look inside there is lust inside allow the last to be dealt with it is only god that you can expose your closet to because he has the cleaning power if you expose your closet to human beings they'll destroy you i can expose my closet to my dad he's the owner of the house He just gave me a room inside the house. So he has every right to decide. Some of you parents might do that. You wake up in the morning and say, It's inspection time. (laughs) Yes. Because sometimes kids can hide things in their room, man. You have no idea. A lot of stuff, man. One guy told me that his dad found a certain cassette. Those days, the cassettes. They're that funny they say what kind of movie is this? <laughs> oh my god, lift up your right hand, say, Father, help us. Say it again. Say, help us with our closets. So you gotta go back say, Father, I'm cleaning my closet, I'm cleaning my closet, I'm clean, and this is the real Christianity. Christianity is not about miracles. So. I've seen miracles, but I don't want that to be part of the Hey, miracles change nobody. You think miracles change people? I'll show you in the Bible. Jesus healed many people, but after his death, it was left with only 120 disciples. Where are the people that God healed in his ministry? They are forgotten. I have been in church for a very long while. I have seen how people can just forget the guy that got healed of a deadly disease can be the next guy that is uh, pointing accusing figures at you. Who does he think he is? Who you, 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 He has forgotten, he just received a miracle. The blind guy that received, when they were asking for Barabbas and Jesus, he was part of the people, that said crucify him. You see Barabbas! Get out, let Barabbas come and let that guy he think he healed me, and so what? Yeah. Miracles don't change people. Are you sure you are here? You can get miracle money in the church and forget. You'll be the next guy insulting us. Every oh, Look, prophets, eh? can I tell you the truth? Yeah, right. Prophets. Prophets. Their lives are the most lonely lives. Most prophets die of heartbreak. Most prophets and miracle workers, they die out of a If the man knows that he doesn't have any gift, he will stay only in the word. When he can he preach? and he go, he doesn't have anything to help you. But when you are a prophet, everybody wants to get something. You may think that you love me until my gifts diminish. They realize that you don't actually love me. You love me because I can do something for you. You love me because I can see for you. You love me because when you are sick, I can lay her and say, get out. And he goes. And most of you, maybe that will be all your testimony about me. But probably you have not really encountered my sweet personality. Oh, this boy, won't believe that I'm a sweet. Yeah. You have not encountered my sweet personality. So, you may, so after Jesus left, he left with only 120 people. Many of the people came to the church to come and eat bread. They followed Jesus. After Jesus doing miracles, say after that we know say we go get bread chopped. So when Jesus died, he said, Charlie, the man who is working miracles, if himself is dead, that is why most prophets are abandoned when they fall into trouble. When they fall in trouble, they abandon. Now, the great Catherine coma there was a time in her life that she began to guard an enlarged heart, the miracle worker. How come she has an enlarged heart? Not because the devil that attacked her. It was because she trusted somebody that nobody knew. There was somebody that nobody knew that she was trusting. And the person broke her heart. And her heart was enlarged. After healing people, she would go back and faint. And still tell people that I am okay. And she was not fine. Because many of the people have just come to receive miracles. That is why in the Mac servant, I'm doing my best to teach you the word of God yeah. so that you will not forget, because you will forget the miracle. See some of you since you came to church from 2030, some of the miracles you have you have been forgotten. but the teaching will take a hold of your life. Yeah. When Jesus died, many of the people forgot that He's the one that fed them. He, they forgot, but there was a teaching. And those who adhered to the teaching were just 120 people. They were the ones that were. They were called the real disciple. I want you to have a newness of spirits. That if you are in the Macarius Avenue, you are going to have a newness of spirit to be a disciple. Amen. You are not here for miracles. Amen. But hey, if you are sick too, God will heal you. Amen. If you need miracles to so God will give you. But that is not the main game. The main thing is that you are having a certain relationship with us. We are teaching you to build your life for a better life. Can I, can I get a very big amen? When God gave me this wisdom, I said, Ah, I won't kill myself as a prophet. Hey, I've been around for I've seen many prophets rise in, in those days. Oh, they said this prophetess has come. Shu Nanijed Nietzsche doom, yeah, his light goes off, and all oh, the people go to another prophet or prophetess. Then he will come with miracle signs and wonders. He'll bring so many tokens and stuff. Hey! Then he to his light to go off. The people will move to another prophetess. It's like many people look out for where the miracles are. You are not going to be a miracle seeking Christian, you are going to seek hard after God. God, look. God is giving the church five-year window to preach the gospel. After 2027, this world will become crazy, very crazy. see, we have seen something? We have not seen anything yet. I'm giving you prophecy. So this is the time to begin to adjust your life. And you are adjusting your life to that you are going to build your Christian work intentionally. I got offended in church. You join another church. Join another church. There's nothing wrong in getting offended in church. It is your own offense. If you got offended, there is another church. Join it. The most important thing is that you and I will make it to heaven. And we want to see you there. Yeah. This guy won't see them there. Yeah. Hey, look at the guy say, say, Hey, I want to see you there. Yeah. That is the closet life. So don't allow anybody to be in your devotion. The whole week you have not done a devotion, but you have joined the whole week, you are joining people to pray. Really? You think you will win? You will not win after a while you realize that you rub off yourself from a certain closet life that is when you sit down you feed yourself there is when now I'm feeding you but your money devotions are when you feed yourself this is not even husband and wife you know it's not you and your wife your husband they are doing devotion no 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 you should have evening devotion together your devotion is you and God when we get to heaven God don't call you and your husband he doesn't know you like that at heaven You only know you like that here. Because marriage is an earthly thing. So when your wife is not doing her devotion, you can just advise her. When your husband is not doing his devotion, you can just advise If he won't do it, let him be all. Because he's a grown-up man. It's not you that are going to force devotion on him. She's a grown-up woman. You're not the one going to force devotion on him. Because for you and Jesus, it is a sweet lie. Can I get a very big man And I tell you, if many people do this, we'll have less problems in the church. Do realize that the pastor that they are throwing stones at, he's doing his best. They realize that all the things they are trying to get him, he's doing his best. And they realize that working with God is not easy. One day I was in the church preaching. The church was celebrating 25 years. And I stood there to preach that the Lord told me that the church is just two years in the spirit. I said, God, no, 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 God. And God told me, two years in the spirit. It means that for, for 23 years, they have been out of the will of God. Many churches are not even concerned about the will of God. All we are concerned about is to gather people. No, we got to be concerned. That's why we move by a mandate. Strictly by what God has said. There are churches that are evangelistic ministry if you say the church is an evangelistic ministry and we are not see doing evangelism more than the prophetic ministry it means that you have lost your mandate yes, sir. Yes, sir. so when you join your church ask them what are we joining to do what has god said about this house we are not joining because it's nice we are joining because there is a purpose there is an assignment. Yes. And we are becoming partners to that assignment. Yes. Oh, can I get a very big amen? Yes. Clap your hands for the Lord. Yes. I think I'm teaching good, yeah? He said, what sorrow? Uh, give me 26. I have a lot to say by my time. Now I want to give the teaching. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of your cup. And the dish, then the outside will become clean too. Let's go. What sorrow awaits teachers, religious law? You, friends, for hypocrites. Oh, go, go, 28. Hey. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, outwardly. But inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. We don't want to look outwardly good and closet our closet life. We are we are evil. And all this in, is in the heart. The Bible says that when God comes, He's going to judge the secrets of men, not the sin that you did that everybody said. Can I tell you something? When I prophesy, when you do something wrong, maybe I come and I pick it up prophetically. God has removed judgment from you. It means that that thing is no more a secret. It's known. That is why, if you are caught doing something, say the truth. If you say it, there's no judgment. God will judge the secrets of men. The things that they held in their hearts that nobody knew, and they too they didn't go to God to clean it up in their heart. That is when when Jesus came, He said, "It shall go under light, and the light shall expose it." Mercy on our heads. Let's go. Twenty nine. What sorrow awaits you, teachers, religious hypocrites? For you build tombs for prophets, your ancestors. Oh, give me King James of twenty eight king james of 28 what sorrow is a hypocrite because you built tombs give me 28, 28 even so ye outwardly appear righteous unto men but ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity iniquity is continuity in sin and nobody knows. It's only you. Let's go. 29. We want to use Christ and Pharisees as a hypocrite because you build tombs and the prophets. Garnish the sepulchre. They are graves that look nice. But inside the grave, look at it, verse 30. And say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. They are saying that today. They said that if I was with Moses, me, I will never criticize Moses. But they didn't know that if you were with Moses, you would have criticized Moses. You would have been the one stoning Moses and said, Moses, you can't bring that out of Egypt. And come and let her be hungry here. Hallelujah. Let's go verse 30 to 1. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourself that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Let's go. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. Uh-huh. For ye are serpents. Snake-like generation. Vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? God doesn't want us to become serpents. We look politically right in church. We see people. Hallelujah, bro. Oh. Glory, Glory and honor belongs to God. Same for when they meet us, they are greeting. Yeah. Glory and honor belong to the Father. Then the all will be dancing. but inside the person's heart. Immediately he walked the person and said, look at, look at this fool. He said it in his heart. Can I tell you something? Your words that you speak in your heart are louder in heaven than your words. That is why, uh, how do they call him? David understood. He said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart hey, be acceptable before thee. The things people are saying in their heart. Nibazobade. Somebody can be with you so you look so beautiful. And he just did not say, oh, is it because I said it? He has said it in the heart. This is a snake-like generation. It's a snake-like generation. Oh, Father, save us from the snake-like generation. May I not be a snake myself. May I not be a serpent myself. So that I will escape the damnation of hell. If I want to tell people, let my heart be pure. May my teeth not be white and my heart black. Help me, Lord. Some people smile with you, their teeth are so white, but their heart so black because you can't see their heart. God save us. The verse he said that you are whitewashed tombs. We don't want to look like white, whitewashed tombs, and inside they are dead bones and carcasses.